Welcome to the Nature Connection podcast, dear listener. This podcast is for the wild people of Earth yearning to come home to nature and to themselves. In this podcast, we'll explore ways in which nature and ancient Earth skills can enrich modern life and how it can support our well-being and the regeneration of our planet. I am your host, Sanne Giesen, a Nature Connection ghost, herbalist and regenerative leadership guide with a background in psychology. With this podcast and my business, The Wild Roots Guide, I hope to support you on your journey to build resilience through deep nature connection and coming home to yourself and the more than human world. In today's episode, I have a magical guest, Madame Formtastica. You might know her from her conscious crystal and magic shop, The House of Form Lab. In this episode, she shares her personal story of how she became a witch and how a burnout reconnected her to her purpose in life. In our conversation, we'll dive in deep into witchcraft, herb-based magic, and intentional living. So fasten your magical seatbelts, or should I say prunes, and enjoy this deeply nourishing magical episode. But before we dive in, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, about your work, what you what inspired you to leave your fast-paced job and to build House of Form Lab? Was there any particular moment that led you on this path? I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for the invitation. I've been following you for a while on Instagram and I'm super stoked about this conversation, first of all. Um, my name is Nicole. I'm the founder of House of Form Lab, but nowadays I just say I'm a witch. Exactly, I think it's very important to just say it out loud, don't make it more complicated, don't sugarcoat it, that's what I do. And as a witch, I, um, I'm very passionate about leading other people onto the path of magic, onto finding their special gifts, teaching them the ways of magic. Um, even if it's just a spark of spirituality in their life, I don't try to convert everybody to the <laughs> to the witch side of the of this world. But I I'm really passionate about uh, inspiring people to live a more spiritual life. That started with House of Form Lab, the web shop, about five or six years ago. Um, but before that, I was the founder of a branding agent, and I I traveled all over the world. I did branding for big corporate companies, which was really exciting and wild and fast-paced, as you say. And that led me to a point of ta-da, burnout. <laughs> like most of us spiritual people, we have to go through that burnout phase before we awaken and realize that there's more to life than just work in the in the Western in the Western definition of the word. To go back a little, when I was 14, I met a boy, but actually I met my first teacher, his mother. <laughs> she was from Suriname. She is no longer with us. And she was a priestess in the Vinti tradition. It's um, a tradition that comes from Africa, but brought with uh, enslaved people to Suriname. And she was a priestess and a seer. And when I met her, when I came into their house, I had like an aha moment. I was like, ah, I feel at home. I I understand this, even though I don't understand the language and I don't understand the rituals. I feel this. This resonates with me. 
because as a child I was a bit odd. <laughs> I, I didn't really fit in. My grandparents had a, a cabin in the woods and I used to go there all summer on school holidays and I would just be outside sitting next to a tree and watching the birds and see how little creatures were just carrying food from one place to another and I just I could be there all days, and I, I, I didn't, I didn't know how to connect with peers. And even at home, I was, I, I grew up in the city. I was inside reading books, being by myself. I did feel that I didn't belong, but I didn't know what it was. And I had whole conversations with myself. In hindsight, I'm like, oh, I was conversing with spirits, but I didn't, I didn't realize that at all at that age. So when I met this beautiful woman, I was like, ah, this is it. This is, and so she teached me a lot, uh, a lot of rituals, a lot of practice, a lot about nature, religion. But then, you, you know, you go to college, you study, you start to work, and I sort of forgot about it. Someone gifted me a tarot deck, so I picked up reading the tarot, and I kept doing that, but just for friends, nothing. And I did, I did some some workshops and some training, and I did a year training. So I, I did read the Tarot all of my life, and I meditated, but that was about it until the burnout, and I was like, okay, things need to change. So that was for me the turning point in um, leaving that business behind, and I just stepped away overnight. I, I was so sick, and so I was really sick and tired. <laughs> <laughs> and then my mom got really sick when she called me to tell me that she had cancer and that she had not 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 even a year to live. The first thought in my mind was, I don't have time for this. And that freaked me out. I was like, oh my God, did I just think that? So that, together with the burnout and everything, made me decide to just quit. So practically overnight because it was I had to get some stuff done but practically overnight I just stopped my agency I let 20 people go um but without any doubts just like this is not for me anymore I was super successful I enjoyed it but it also burned me out and I just felt this calling of something else that's yeah. quite a journey you've been on and I kind of I just want to reframe, like, in a general sense, burnout. Maybe we should call it, like, rising as a phoenix or something. We should, because this is such a, like you say, such a collective thing, especially with people in more spiritual, more, the more soft, kind people of this world will, not all will burn out, but a lot of them do. And uh, the point where you share about your mom and she called you, I've really felt that. That was an epiphany for me. I was like, wow. I, 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 can, I can still feel it like, wow, do I really? Did I really think that? I was ashamed. But I was also, wow, this is what my choice is that I made to work this fast-paced business. This is what it led to. Yeah. And this is not me. You know, this is not the person I want to be. And this is not the life I want to enjoy. And she passed away eight months later, but I spent eight full months with her. And we went through all the motions and we were together every day and I went to the hospital. And when she passed, of course, I was super, super sad, but I was also filled with gratitude for that, for that time that we had together and, 
and the choice I made. And it's interesting what you said about reframing burnout. I never thought about that. But would you say reframe it because it's not a burnout, but it's a realization that this fast-paced life isn't for you or me? Or is that what you mean? I'm not trying to take away because I've hit a near burnout myself and I've seen people for months on end sitting in a corner of the room. So if this is a real tangible thing, I'm not taking away from that. But something that hit me within your story and stories I've been having with others as well is that this turning point, this this dark night of the soul, it is transformation. It is being rebirthed in our purpose and it's not easy it's not uh, no but it's interesting interesting it was it came to me when you were talking it was like i just got this image of you like being a bird in a cage and then breaking free and emerging like this yeah like this very alive <laughs> phoenix i was like yeah that's that's it um it's, yeah that's it's beautiful said It's beautiful said, and and you're absolutely right. We should not take away the extreme anxiety that can come with a burnout. And um, but it's interesting because, in fact, it's like the shadow work of shadow works. Because it is asking yourself, what what led up to this moment? What led up to me feeling this shit? And how can I, because it's not just readjusting to the work environment that you were in or readjusting to the mindset that you were in. It's usually a sign for deep transformation. Yeah, that's that's a good insight, Sana. It, it, it just hit me yeah. when, when I saw you and I, because when I look at you and your work, I'm like, oh, she's doing what she's supposed to be doing as an outsider, of course. And I'm like, You're such um you're such a wonderful presence to have in this realm of spirituality and everything you do. And like, yeah, if that burnout thing didn't happen, where where were you? <laughs> you would yeah. have probably done some incredible <laughs> branding and infused it with, of course, your magic in that as well. But the world would have missed out. Ah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, um, no, thank you. That's wonderful said. But I agree, and not just for me, but I think for a lot of people, that's absolutely true. It's um, it, it's I'm a Scorpio, so the rising of the Phoenix uh, really <laughs> resonates with me. But I think that's that's absolutely. Now we're talking about it. I think this is shadow work. This is really diving into yourself and finding your soul's purpose. Yeah. Because if you do that, and, and I found, and I actually knew all my life, because my mother, my my mother from Suriname said to me when I was 16, you are destined to become a priest. And I thought so it was always in the back of my head. But you know, you're 16, you don't take things that serious. So it was always in the back of my head. And I sometimes was jokingly, oh, I'm going to be a priestess and, 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 and <laughs> goddess and everything. But I... <laughs> And then this happened, and then it all came back. Yeah. And then it was just like, ah, all the, the pieces, uh, pieces of the puzzle just came together and fit, and it, and it was to completion. I was like, ah. And I didn't know at that time that it would be a shop. 
and a coffin and a community and whatever. I didn't know, but I knew at that point, like, spirituality and making it accessible and taking it out of the woo-woo world, that's going to be it. And then slowly but surely it developed into House of FormLab. And FormLab was my creative agency. Because a lot of people ask me, why House of FormLab? Because it's such a nondescript name. It's because my my branding agency was called FormLab. And I transformed that into the House of FormLab. Because I felt like it's Nicole 2.0. And also my business 2.0. Definitely. In, in, um, In a way, it's still about creation. Right? And experimenting. It's a laboratory of... Um, not branding anymore, but now it's a laboratory of spirituality. Yeah. Because I do say I'm a witch, but I want to also emphasize that for me, being a witch is not per se in the tradition of witchcraft with the year initiation. Although I've done it, I've been there, but I'm super interested in all kinds of religions and spirituality. And uh, I don't want to be inclusive. Yeah, I can imagine. You are actually, as far as I know, the first witch on the podcast. Yeah. So this this <laughs> makes me really excited. But I think it's something that's really misunderstood and misused. So can you shed a light on what being a witch means to you? Yeah, exactly what it means to me, because there are a lot of definitions and there are some pretty tight containers of witchcraft. But for me... Being a witch means living um, with the cycles of nature, being connected to the spirits of the earth and connected to the spirits of the, for the lack of a better word, universe. It's a bit of a buzzword, but I feel like it's it's a nice general term so we don't have to get into the creator, the creatress, the goddess, the god. I don't know. I like to call it the universe to keep it open. Um, so yeah, it's con- it's being connected with the above and the below, which is part of witchcraft, and being connected with nature, living my soul's purpose, and that means listening to myself, having a tight spiritual practice. Um, for me, being a witch is actually the way I live. Does that make sense? Yeah. How does it? Are there any like practical things in which this takes shape in your daily life? It shapes everything. It shapes, and 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 this has been a process. Um, and especially now I live in Portugal, it's it's also easier. First of all, the choices I make with food. So when you learn more about nature and and living in Portugal in a small village, it's easier because when I go to the market on Saturday, I can see what's in season, right? Because that's the only thing that's available. So every week is different. Okay. I mean, it's weeks, but like I I can see the changes. All of a sudden we have apples in all variations, then mangoes, then papayas, then beans. Um, So it, it makes me way more aware of what living off the land means because we eat what's in season it comes from the farms and that's what and that's what i eat 
So that's a practice. I'm way more conscious about what I eat, why I eat. I'm listening to my body. And I can, I can, it, it takes practice, but I can feel, I can sense the nuances in, in summertime and wintertime now. Like my body needs different nutritions. And I'm not a nutritionist and I don't have a lot of knowledge on it, but I can, I can feel it in me. Uh, I have a strict morning routine, meditation. For me, anybody who wants to start with spirituality, for me, it starts with meditation. For me, that's that's the foundation. If if you, if you're not in into that or willing to do that, then you know, give it up because that's the moment that you calm your mind and you train yourself to be still and to listen to the inner voice, to nature, to the spirit, to the way I approach people with an open heart and try not to be judgmental try to embrace everybody and meet them where they're at and then tons of rituals yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have like elaborate beautiful rituals altars that are running for weeks but I also have silly little rituals like when I come home at night after 12 I will always walk through the door backwards because I don't want to bring any entities with me it might be a bit silly but it just makes me laugh I love it I think a morning routine is so important that what I'm hearing from your story is it, it's much more the intention yep. behind it that's really shaping how you how you yeah. live in this world. I think being a witch is intentional. Yeah. I think it's that's it. It's not about the rituals. It's not about dancing in a circle. Of course, those are beautiful elements that make the craft interesting and, and fun to do. And it's, it's nice to come together and build up energy and do the work. But starts with deciding, do I want to live in sync with the earth and the universe? And do I want to be a vessel? And then after that comes all the practicalities. And if, I, if I'm, I'm being in sync with nature and respectful with nature... I can't eat a mango that's imported from Brazil because that's that's low vibrational food. And if you start to think about that, for me, that's being a witch. So I look at you and I'm like, you're a witch. In a way, yeah. <laughs> In a way, right? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Because we all have our own way of, of shaping it and, 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 and giving it a definition. Exactly. I think we... A lot of people are witches, but they are unaware. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's it's in all of us. I'm really curious to hear, because you shared a little bit about your upbringing with a second mom who's from Suriname. How has being like in connection with her shaped your, shaped your magic, your being a witch? Uh, because it's such a, I think it's very this is me making assumptions there, but I think it's very different from modern uh, day witchcraft. How did it shape you and your craft? I don't think it's that much different. No? Oh, that's interesting. No, no. no. Um, my sister, so she's my adoptive sister, but she's my sis. Um, and I talk about it a lot because, let's say, I know 20% about Zinti. She knows maybe 60, 70% because it's, it's a very... It's it's a tradition, an oral tradition. So there's 
not much written literature to be found about it, which is really a shame because we're losing knowledge. Together we are on a mission to compile as much knowledge as we can. And we're thinking about doing a podcast too. Because mm. both of us are not really writers, I would like, but we f- really feel the urge to share the knowledge. Um, so we're talking a lot about it. And me having done the, the witchcraft initiation, we, we um, um, compare rituals and we find that there's a lot of similarities. And it, and, it, and it starts with calling in the four elements when as a witch... Before we we do any ritual work, we call in the four elements. In Linti, the whole um, the whole deities are into are are set into four categories based on the four elements. So you have the spirits of the wind, you have the spirits of the water. So it's it's almost the same. It has just different because of cultural background. It has different names, different shapes, but in, in the foundation, it's it's quite the same. But it has definitely shaped my magic. First of all, it it started with the love for rituals. Ninti has a lot of rituals. And when I was, I think, 16, we went to Suriname, to the jungle. And I was present at some uh, pretty hefty rituals with seances and people channeling spirits and stuff. And where another 16-year-old girl from Amsterdam would have been super scared, being middle in the middle of the jungle, very primitive, I was in awe, and I was like, oh, wow. Like, what's that? And why are they doing that? And why do they eat bread or smoke cigars? Or I was intrigued. So it, it kicked off my love for rituals. It also empowered me as a woman. Yeah, she teached me how important the feminine energy is in magic. She teached me that. It's it's actually the foundation, and that's why I say I'm an eclectic witch because I do practice winty rituals. I have an ancestor um, altar. I've I've journeyed and I've seen my own history and my own previous lives that are connected with slavery, and so I feel a lot of connection with it, and it infused my magic. I can just see your whole face light up when you talk about it. Yeah. Sometimes I say I'm a, I'm a black girl in a white body. Yeah. <laughs> I really feel that way. I feel super connected to Vinti, Vodou, African culture. Yeah. Yeah. And how amazing that it has crossed your path on such a young age as well. Yeah, that was, that was divine timing. That, that was... I mean, I saw him, I fell in love. I saw his mother and I fell deeper in love. And then his sister and I became super, super close. And so, yeah, that that was a turning point in my life. It's also very interesting to hear the overlap uh, because like when we look at ancient rituals from all over the world, there is such big overlap. Right. Um, So we couldn't. It isn't a surprise that there is actually a lot of overlap. Yeah. <laughs> curious yeah, to, lear- to learn more. So I hope you, you start a podcast. Well, definitely. Yeah. It's in the making. From what you share, I'm hearing a lot of earth-based magic. And what does that mean to you? To you, you share already a little bit about uh, the spirits and elements and things like that. But how does it, how does earth and your relationship with earth shape your, your practice, your ritual, your magic? 
in a practical sense, I like to go outside for rituals. Like when I feel I need to release, I go to the sea. I know I'm blessed to live in close to the sea. Easy, but still, I mean, there's always a lake or a sea around. So instead of going into my bathtub with all the pretty flowers that I see people do on Instagram, I go to the sea because that's that's the spirit of water. And I just sit there, talk to the spirits of the water and ask, first of all, ask permission. First, asking permission to the spirit of the sea, if I may enter and if I may on that day come to release whatever I want to release and if I feel like that's okay I will go into the water and I will talk and talk about what I want to release pour the water over me or swim and just like visualize really the burden getting out of my body and 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 giving it back to the sea to transform it into positive energy for everybody on this planet I feel that's super important as well not just releasing my shit but also asking for transformation into positive for for the for the collective. So yeah, that's on a practical level. I work. I try to work with the earth. I think it's interesting because I, in, in preparation of this conversation, I was thinking about earth magic or the green witch. But is there any other magic? I don't think so. I don't think I, there are different labels for for the energy because hearing you bring to words so beautifully how you do like a letting go ritual this is what i would do but i would give it another name it comes it comes so intuitively to us back to your question earth magic i think magic is earth magic and i don't believe in the labels green witch urban witch whatever witch i think we're all spiritual and we all find our own talents and gifts um, and we live accordingly but I think nature is, is, is the foundation of every witch work because we, we use herbs in our rituals. We use water, sounds. It's, it's all earth-based. This is, your words are such a reassurance that magic is very human. Yeah, yeah. I want to take away all the woo-woo, the darkness, scary Ouija boards. To me, that's not magic. That's Disney. That's <laughs> to me. That's not magic. To me, magic is working with the energies, working with my ancestors, with the spirits of the earth and the and the, and the afterlife. Do you have to be careful? Yes. Do you have to protect yourself? Yes. Do you need to know what you're doing? Yes. Is it scary? No. Should it be scary? Never. Should you be afraid? No. It's not dark. There's dark and light in all of us. Of course, there's there's dark magic and light magic. But to me, dark is shadow work, like we were talking about. That's the dark side of magic, being able to look into inside yourself and see the not so pretty parts of you or the or the parts that need development. Can you use magic for bad things? But that's what people do with money. Can you use money for good things? Yes. Can you use money for bad things? Yes. Yeah. That's that. That's the duality of life. Yeah, that's the duality we have on this earth. But coming to terms with our own darkness can help us to, I think, see those bigger and see them for what they are and make the conscious decision to use it for good mm. in this way and accept that there is there is darkness. Without it, there wouldn't be light. And, and talking about money, because that's the whole thing now, right? That whole manifesting thing. Money is just energy. Money is just energy. It's an exchange. It's an exchange of energy. 
before you start manifesting, start thinking about that. That is just energy. Yeah, I have some opinions on on all these easy tricks. Like I see a whole bay leaf trend now going on, like manifesting with bay leaf. And I'm like, okay, hold on. Maybe that's my earth magic side. Like, okay, hold on. Why are we using bay leaves to attract something? It's because of the essential oils in the leaf that will give you a certain feeling and the smoke burning the smoke of the leaf will bring your wishes up to the universe or the spirits or the deities you work with that's why we do it so if you just write i want a hundred thousand euros and i put it in my wallet i don't think it's going to work because Mm -hmm. that's not what manifesting is about it's first about acknowledging it's just energy then look look inside like what what is my relationship with this energy do some do some shadow work here we go again and then understand the practice writing it is journaling it's it's visualization it's like making a mood board it's like okay reprogramming your brain like what is it you really want and then writing it on the bay leaf burning it super important is the final step in the ritual so it gets lost in translation and we only do the the thing that the might look good on Instagram. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I love how you are mentioning like the, the processes underneath. And I think these are very human processes. Hey, I want something or I experience lack. What's my relationship to the energy? What is keeping me from it? And how can I move forward? And how can the things that are bigger than us, which is something I teach as well, like surrendering to the energy the the universe that's bigger than us to tap into the wisdom as well as surrender to the wisdom of life super passionate about that and that's the whole driving force behind house of form lab and my coven is teaching that yeah teaching the whole story and not the quick fix yeah you're creating such a ripple effect with with your coven i think it's such an important body of work to find like-minded people and yeah um yeah and be able to to connect with that them um on a deeper level your company house of form lab started with of course like curated beautiful beautiful uh products uh like crystals and something that really attracted me to your work and your shop was how sustainable and ethical resource products it's it's so hard to find ethically resourced crystals and there you had like a full shop of them and i was like hey finally (laughs) um we're working with earth here it has to come from a from a good resource and you you did just that and i'm really interesting um to hear like how did you do this like how do you select sustainably ethically harvested crystals why is it important to do so? Well, it actually started with tarot decks. That's conscious sourcing started because I am in love with tarot. That's my tool. That's my my gift, the thing I love the most. When I was trans, um, transforming the agency to the shop, the first thing I was like, hmm, because I worked with designers. So for me, it was an easy step to there must be designers out there creating decks, right? Because I I and still work with a vintage right away deck, like the classic 
tarot deck. But coming from a designer background, I was like, hmm, there must be some girls or boys making their own decks. So I started uh, researching and a whole world of beautiful decks opened up to me. And I was like, oh, my, I never knew. So I started to reach out. Most of them were in the, in the U.S. So I started reaching out, talking to those people. And these are all small independent companies or designers who create these decks had no idea how wholesaling works. So together we started to learn, like, how do we export? How do we do that? What's a healthy margin? So that's actually how House of Form Lab started, by importing tarot decks from independent makers. Like with your branding background and then designing, and of course your love um, and your gift for tarot. That's, that's amazing. That's following your bliss, right? That's that, following <laughs> that's... your soul's purpose. It's just practical, like... I love this so much. There must be more people out there. And how can I import them to Europe so that people can buy them here as well and don't get those hefty import taxes, something from the U.S.? So that was a super simple idea. That's actually the foundation of House of Form Lab. So I started doing that, and that became, in in the small title world, quite a thing. Everybody's like, oh, wow, you have to go to House of Form Lab because they have all these decks that we could never buy or super complicated to buy. Then. I met Catherine, my previous business partner, my former business partner. And she knew a fuck ton about crystals. And I was like, oh my. I had some crystals in my house, but I, I never dived into um, the wisdom of it. And she told me about and about the energies and how it, it gets formed in the earth. I was like, this must be part of my practice. I need to work with crystals because every crystal has different vibration. So you can use that in your rituals. You can attune the vibration to the kind of ritual you're doing. I was like, wow. Then she told me about all the shit that's going on in the world. Child labor, uh, blowing up mines. A lot of bad things happening in that um, business. And I was like, hmm, I'm not so sure if I want to work with those energies. So that set us off together as as a pet project to see if we could find small vendors because if you find a small vendor you can build up a relationship and you can get to know way more about how the crystals are mined by whom blah 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 and then COVID hit so everybody went online which was a perfect timing for us because all the mines all of a sudden opened up Instagram accounts to sell their crystals. So we spent hours and hours and hours on Zoom calls with all different vendors all over the world, from the US to Brazil to India, still Russia back then, uh, Morocco. And we started building connections. And there's the thing. That's why I use the term consciously sourced, ethical or sustainable because we still attract resources from the earth. I have asked the miners to ask permission first, but, you know, they looked at me like, okay, <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> yeah, they just want bread on the table. Completely you know, different. It, it, it's usually people in underdeveloped countries, um, but that's also the blessing. So there's rewinds. So I say conscious because what we do is we build connections with the vendors. Sometimes it's the mine itself. Sometimes it's vendors who work with the uh, the miners because the mines are owned by either bigger corporations or countries. But we only buy with small 
vendors where we have contact with where we can where we kind of know what the work environment is we work with um, a, a foundation that supplies super basic materials like masks who provide water and food. It, it's sometimes super simple things. So my crystals are conscious. They come from mines that are small or from companies that are small and know what they're doing. It's super high quality because I don't want to buy the shit. A lot of shit coming through Africa, from Africa through China to us. And there's with that making money mindset, the vibration of those crystals are so low. It's sad. Can I say that everything is 100% ethical, sustainable? No, because there is no certification in this business. So the only thing I can do is build relationships, understand how crystals are mined. Like Apophyllite in India is mined on the surface. Almost like walking up the mountain, you, you dig a little and you have the apophyllite. While pink amethyst, everybody's so crazy about, comes from deep, 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 deep mines with a lot of dangers and collapsing and sometimes use uh, chemicals. That's why I don't sell certain crystals because I know there's too much shit going around before you can extract extract them. And I work with small companies and that's a lot of questions that's such a great story i think people yeah. should, should ask more questions because that goes also for other things like sage cedar paulo santo people say yeah but i got mine and it's wildcrafted and i'm like that's not a good thing because that's depleting the earth that's taking it from places where indigenous people live it's depleting the earth that's not what you should do. So mine come from an organic farm in the U.S. And they have a rewatering system and they don't use any pesticides because imagine pesticides on your sage and you're burning it. So I found a, a farm with lovely, amazing people in the U.S. And they grow all these herbs and they make their own bundles and they ship it to me. So there's no middleman. They take care of the ground. They take care of the people that work for them. There's no pesticides. Same thing. Yeah. But that's super, and that's super organic. Same with abalone shells, which is like to use abalone shells. Abalone shells come from mass production. They are farmed in indoor farms. And I know, and they get a lot of uh, medication. And then they go on conveyor belts. That's not high vibration. So it's it's not only do I want to live a sustainable, respectful life, but also the products that I work with need to be of the highest vibration to create magic. And it's a constant learning process. I'm not going to say I'm I know it all, but I'm 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 eager. I'm trying to with everything I buy, I try to ask questions and learn more about where it's coming from, how it's being made. So I only buy um, uh, crystals from your shop, to be honest, because this is <laughs> you feel well, there's, this. There's, yeah, there's 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 a lady in the in the UK, and I really she's on my list. I want to work with her because she is even digging deeper, and she works with blockchain amazing amazing so I'm, I'm really after i'm really busy with the coven right now but once that's settling in a bit i really want to work with her because she made it her mission to create a certificate i'm really into her and i'm trying to learn from her and I'm, i want to work together with her and see how we can make this business more sustainable that's amazing i think you're so so gifted in creating the ecosystem creating the relationships 
with the DAX, with the creative of the DAX, making sure they're earning a good wage on it with the vendors and you're yeah. i see you're just like creating a whole web of of people working together with a similar goal in mind and yeah. that's what's actually changing the world isn't it yeah and yeah. it makes me it makes me happy and that's earth magic again that's taking care of myself and the abundance of the earth it's a ripple effect so if it's... you know if we just share this knowledge and people will ask more questions about the products that they buy that's really yeah. important because I think this this ripples out to everything with not taking resources for granted, but asking ourselves, do we need it? Where does it come from? Who has made it? Who has dealt with it? And then making sure that with what we do, we, of course, extract from Earth, but how can we do it in the least damaging way? Yeah, that's that's well put, yeah, in the least damaging way. Yeah. And 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 I'm even though I sell all these herbs, I'm super pro make your own herb bundles from your own backyard, right? Can't go that sustainable. So yes, please, please do that. This is also our connection with the land. I think why are we burning white sage, which isn't it doesn't grow um, in the Netherlands, for example. Um, no, but we do have we do have mugwort, loads of yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that's from our side of the world and. It's it's just as effective. And just, I, I get a lot of questions. Oh, I don't have that in, um, because in my coven we run challenges and we do like little daily create herbal concoctions. And it's like, oh, I don't have that. Now what? I'm like, just Google. Yeah. Google if it's for love. Google what other herbs for love. Because there's not one. There's like a gazillion. And you can always substitute. So we can absolutely here in Europe substitute sage for mugwort or cedar or whatever. Rosemary. Rosemary, great as well. Yeah. Yep. Juniper also. Yeah. Great, great one. You can um, burn almost every herb. I didn't know that either. Two friends of mine are deeply into the German craft of smoking herbs on sand. There, There is probably a proper name for it, but I don't know it. And it's it is opening up such a different way in working with herbs because there is a lot of when you're wild crafting there is of course a chance that you pick and ingest something that's not edible or even toxic but with smoking the chances are a lot less and you can experiment and a friend of mine just picks like she uh, like a leaf or a moss and she creates this plant and when she smokes it it smells exactly as the place we were in and it's like it's magic Wow. And how do they burn it? On? They they burn it on uh, sometimes coals, but that's that's really intense. But she, yeah. uh, you have this type of burners where you have this uh, match um, yeah. and a candle, uh, candle mm -hmm. underneath and you mm -hmm. put a little layer of sand on it. I didn't know that either, but it's a really, this practice of burning herbs in this way is really rooted in our ancestral practices. Absolutely. And and there you go with the connection, like burning herbs is not just a shaman or an indigenous tradition. In Vinti, we do it. In witchcraft, we do it. We all do it, but we just use different herbs and different ways of burning it, depending on the country or the region where you live. What's at hand? So magic in this way is really about uncovering earth and uncovering yeah. the ways from the people who have come before us. Yeah, absolutely. To me, that's magic. You mentioned your coven a couple of times, and I'm just 
It sounds like such a nourishing place. Can you tell us more about the company? (laughs) While running House of Form Lab, I got a gazillion questions on how to do rituals. Do I have the gift? How can I learn reading the tarot? What crystals do I need to use for manifesting? What is candle magic? What is rapé? All kinds of questions. Can I be clairvoyant? How do I... Well, any spiritual question you can imagine, I got it. So I first started to write blogs and I was like, people don't like to read, I've noticed. So then came the idea of starting a circle because that's the witch tradition, right? And that's how I've learned through witch circles. I've been part of many circles. And that's how you learn. That's how they teach you the tradition. That's how they help you find your gift. So last year I was like, hmm, let me dive into that. And then I found this amazing platform where I can have courses, where I can do videos, where I can have archives, an amazing place. It's like an Instagram, Facebook and everything together. My whole archive of knowledge is in there. So it's a place where you can just write, dive into like, okay, I want to know something about smudging or abalone shells or crystals. What's the meaning of everything is in there. But the most amazing thing is I'm in there and I'm accessible. Uh, I, I wanted to say 24 hours, but like when I'm awake, I'm always on there and I'm answering questions of people. We do two switch circles a month. And in these circles, we just come together online and we just sit and talk about the season. So we're going into autumn. What does that mean for our practice? What kind of herbs do we guard or what kind of tools do we use? What is our practice? It's more of an inward practice because we're going into the into the dark season. We have teachers. So I ask people to come in to do a masterclass. Um, so we have masterclasses with like the best of the best people who can teach us about their craft or medicine. And it's a safe place. It's a safe place to come out of the closet as a witch. But you don't have to be a witch. You can also be just spiritually interested. It's a house of form lab place where you can just be and learn and discover. And it's my baby and I love it. And it's for um, beginners, but it's also mm-hmm. for more experienced uh, practitioners. We have a beautiful mix of loving, mainly women. We have two guys, but it's mainly women. It's an empowering place. I'm I'm in love with my own baby. <laughs> that's, that's so important. And I think you just offer such a powerful mix of giving people knowledge, but also empowering them to find their own way and to be in connection with others that are walking a similar path. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not about me. It's not the big uh, Nicole show. It's it's about connecting and learning from each other. Amazing. I do work a lot with crystals myself. I have an amazing black moon stone. I got it. Your show, of course. <laughs> Shiny. And it has those layers in it. Yeah. yeah. It actually goes with me whenever I'm outside. It's with me whenever Mm -hmm. I be in session with people. It's with me. So, yeah, it's really a companion. Besides that, it's super beautiful. Why why is it your stone Mm. of choice? Oh, that's actually a great question. I think I'm really intuitive with things like that. I will probably mess up the description. So It's the thing. eh? It's not about the official meaning or spiritual um, properties of the stone. It's... Why does it resonate with you? What yeah. what does this? Because that's what it's about. It's because someone just wrote those properties. Great, great reminder. For me, it's because it's a moonstone. It's very soft and feminine, but it's black. 
and it's also it holds a lot of power protection and it was just for me the perfect grounding stone but not because i'm i'm fairly grounded myself but i really sometimes can use a little bit of like protection for myself to keep some boundaries but also hold keep in touch with my feminine flowy side and this just does that plus it looks gorgeous i'm a taurus um no but this is exactly what i teach and this is exactly what i feel it should be this is the energy that's resonating with you and that's what the stone is about and not what's in the in the books so how do you personally work with crystals so i work in different ways i use the vibration of the stones uh, because i know quite a lot about um chemical compounds so I, I also understand a bit of if it's a high vibration or low vibration if it's an up vibration so if i need energy i would take a citrine with me because a citrine is a high vibrational happy stone looking at it it's it's almost like a diamond but it's a bit yellow and it's like it's super pretty right mm-hmm. so i will just pick that crystal up and i intentionally take that energy with me and i will pop it in my bra and then I will feel it sometimes, you know, and it reminds me of, oh, yeah, I have that happy energy with me today. And that helps me lift my spirit. I meditate with stones. Then I use grounding stones, like the darker, like a smoky quartz. If I want to release something, because smoky quartz has the um, potential of absorbing energy. So if I'm like doing a banishing or a releasing meditation where I want to let go of stuff, I'll hold a smoky quartz and I'll intentionally channel all that negative energy into my quartz, into my smoky. And then after I'm done, I'll put it in the earth, permission first. And then I'll ask the earth to release those energies from that stone, transmute it into positive energy, and then I can reuse the stone again. But I also use it in medicine pouches. I use it in my spell candle rituals so if i do a love ritual i would add a carnelian if i want feisty love or i would use a rose quartz if i want gentle self-love i'll use mangano because that's super soothing if i'm sad about love like you you lost a loved one mangano is a super soft and gentle and and comforting stone when i lost my mom i had my mangano closet next to my bed And I just picked it up every time. Every time I missed her, I just picked it up. And I was like, oh, I can feel you. I can feel your soothing, calming energy. And Mm -hmm. the pretty. And I have big ones just to enjoy. It's nice to have have beautiful things around, especially if they're natural. um... And it's such a beautiful reminder of how bountiful our planet is. That's so true. That's so very true. Yeah. All these amazing things that come from the ground. I mean, and it's created by pressure and and time. Like, wow. That's a great analogy. (laughs) Beautiful. So really like that you shared a couple of times of being in relationship with nature and asking permission, but also asking for energy to be transmuted because we're the last thing we want is to dump more shit on the earth. The earth. And with our focused attention, ask Earth, ask nature to transmute it. And for the higher good of everybody, not just yourself. You know, yes. just 
<laughs> Don't be selfish, but just ask yeah. it to transmute it into the most beautiful energy that will raise the vibration of the whole planet. Yeah, I think those are like key components in working with or working with energy, maybe even magic. Coming over to the dark side, Sandra. Yes. <laughs> I think I'm just a witch, but I've been into I've been into witchcraft when I was younger, but I'm letting go of labels, but thinking the thing, that's the thing. I'm I'm not I'm not in labels at all. And, no. and that's why I'm talking about all these other belief systems. But I've decided to label myself as a witch because I also feel like we women should be proud of our powers and the feminine energy that we hold and the, the talent that we have to connect. I love how you share your wisdoms without dogmas. Yeah, uh, that's refreshing. That's needed in order to break free all the stigma around labels. I'm super inclusive with people, with religion, with everything because I, I'm 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 humble in that sense because I'm like, who am I? Who am I to judge? Who am I to tell you that this is the truth? It's my truth. It's how I experience magic, and I can I can only teach you what I know. But then I really encourage my students, my my girls to find their own way and not be afraid to experiment and just feel like I asked you about the stone. And I, I know I put you on the spot and you're like, oh, and I'm like, no, this is you and, and your feelings and your experiences just as valid as mine. And learning to trust that. And absolutely. And absolutely. Yeah, and learning to trust. That's one of the challenges in becoming a witch, learning to trust your intuition, yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I loved your your answers getting to to know you better to learn how you view things how you view magic witchcraft earth and really nourishing I know we touched upon a little bit of like the practices you do yourself but I always feel this is such a juicy question like what are in your own daily, daily life practices rituals habits mindsets that just keep you connected to the magic in life i knew you were gonna ask so many so i made a note because yeah. i was like <laughs> first of all meditate i know it sounds like like a common one but really trust me start meditating it's gonna open up a whole world a whole world of feeling of wisdom of knowledge of confidence it's gonna be a tool that will help you lift your spirits release negativity, raise your vibration, um, calm your anxiety, and it will help you if you're interested, it will help you open up your third eye, your psychic gift. If you're interested in developing that, then it's a must. There are a hundred thousand ways of medita meditating. So just go out there and search and find what resonates with you. Some people like silence, Some people like guided meditations, chanting, walking in nature. There are so many ways. And uh, I don't have a preference. Well, I have my own personal preference. I love yoga nidra. Yoga nidra is my, it makes me fly. I, I can feel like out of body experience. I can just, it's my thing, but that's my thing. I love that. And, and you have to find your own love. So that's my first tip. Uh, then my second tip is pick up a ritual, burn a candle. Burn a candle, um, burn a candle, an orange candle for happiness. It makes sense, right? Orange is the bright color, it's happiness. Blue, it's the throat chakra, it's communication. So if you want to talk to your spirit guides, burn a blue candle. 
If you want to attract love or self-love, burn a red candle or a pink candle. If you want to release something, burn a black candle. Just the simple fact of burning a candle with the intention of attracting love, being more gentle, releasing negativity. Just do that once a week and see what happens. And awesome. I have 20,000 more. So if, you, if you're interested, just... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, sh- you should join the coven. Um, <laughs> yeah, or follow How to Form Lab on Instagram. Exactly. I, I share a lot of um, rituals on my Instagram. So free and yeah. open for everybody. And um, yeah, pick up, pick up a practice. Pick up a small one. It doesn't, make, doesn't have to be a big one because that can be too intense. And you might tend to not do that. So pick up a small ritual that resonates with you and do that on a regular basis. We run spiritual uh, challenges. We call them soul gyms. We do seven-day challenges like make a pre- uh, an gratitude jar, go into nature and release your negative energies as whispers in the wind. Simple things, but things you can do every day. Cook your dinner, but burn a candle. And then and, and then feel the difference in how that food nourishes you instead of just throwing something in a pan and just eat, eat, eat. Right? So small things. Yeah, small things. Small small steps that feel durable. And also ritualize our lives. Yeah. There is so many, there are so many nuggets of, of wonderful wisdom in this episode, in, in you, in our talk. Is there any like last advice or tip or recommendations that you have for listeners that are really take the first step just (laughs) take the first step go go and do it there's so much wealth and wisdom and love and enjoyment in a more spiritual life just dive in one Mm. one step it's only one step that's great advice i hope if you're listening to this that you Got some really practical suggestions because Nicole has shared so many that you're pick up on it. If something has, has spoken to you, pick it up, give it a try, give it a seven day try, and see how it transforms your life. And if it don't, then oh, also fine. Then yeah. then then release it and try something else. But it will come back to you. If it doesn't resonate now, it will come back. I promise. <laughs> yeah, that's really really true. It has been such a pleasure to have the start with you and it feels like we could we will go over on nicole's how to form that instagram or we'll do a live so you can catch that but definitely check out her instagram at house of formula are there any other places people can find you connect with you how can they say hi if they got inspired by this episode Instagram is my platform of choice. Say hi, send me a DM. I I always answer. I've got my website, houseofformlab.com, where you can find a lot of uh, interesting information. But if you want to just reach out and say hi, drop me a DM on Insta. Mm -hmm. I'm there. It's me. I've been loving this uh, this conversation and I really want to thank you for being on here, for sharing your wisdom, but also for the ripple effects you create in this world and how you are changing this world, one relationship, one coven member, one vendor you work with at a time. Wow. Thank you, Sana. Blessed be, sister. Thank you for this wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. And dear listener, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed and we'll speak to you next time. Mm-hmm.